0: Welcome to the Brotherhood of Fatherhood podcast. Today, our guest is Brian Lelly. Brian is a former gym owner. He is a freelance digital marketer. He moved to Florida three years ago from upstate New York, and he describes himself as a former fat guy slash powerlifter. Uh, he lost a lot of weight when he found Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and MMA. He's married, been married for nine years, and has two kids, a three-and-a-half-year-old and a one-and-a-half-year-old. One uh, this In this episode, we get to talk to Brian about raising young kids, how it kind of changes your life, and uh, we go into a lot of depth about sleep and the, uh, the the challenge that that brings at this age.
1: Welcome to the show, Brian. How are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful. How are you guys doing? Happy Friday.
0: Definitely happy Friday. Josh? Hey. Good to hear your voice so uh brian it's, it's awesome to have you on here, and um, I just kind of want to jump right into uh you have some kids and uh one of the young ones and how's that been going with uh these past few months
1: oh yeah it's uh it's been an interesting fast we'll call it four months just to keep it a nice round number you know uh, I've got a, a three and a half year old daughter and a one and a half one and a half year old son and um yeah it's been interesting, you know I mean Four months ago, you know, we kind of started right before all this COVID-19 madness and uh, my uh, my son and daughter, we had a really good schedule. You know, they were both going to daycare full time. My wife was going to work full time. I've always worked at home, so I just kept to take one step over into to my office and get to work. Um, we were kind of hitting a really good groove and then uh, apparently the world fell apart at the seams. And, um, um, but then we kind of... Pulled everyone in here, and like you know, with for those of you who do have young kids and children, which probably is everyone in this podcast, right? Um, we're, uh, we're, we fell out of a, into a really poor schedule, which meant there was chaos and no schedule. So, um, mainly speaking, around the the nap time and nighttime issues, so that became a challenge pretty much instantly when um, we couldn't get them to do the same sort of schedule. That uh they were doing it at daycare in school, so yeah, I mean we had uh, we had about three, maybe three months and a couple weeks of of that where you know we're just trying to make it work. you know, I'm very used to the workaholic, I'm used to working nine to ten hours a day by myself, just doing things, and I had to squeeze all that work and productivity into on average about three hours a day, just being realistic um, it took it took it was a learning curve for me because I didn't want to not work. But then at the same time, you know, I saw the my wife needed lots of help just because uh, the age of the kid. So I pulled back and I relied on my team at work to do a little bit more for me. And um, so that was the first few weeks. And then more stories was that my, my son, the one and a half year old, um, he's a, a maniac. He started being able to climb out of his crib. My daughter at the time was three years old still in her crib, still showed no sign or no desire to climb out. And then, um, so we kind of had to scramble real quick because this is during COVID. All the stores are closed. We couldn't go buy a bed. We couldn't go buy a new crib. So, um, thankfully someone in our family had a toddler bed and we grabbed it and de-COVID-19 to cleaned it up real good and put my daughter in it and gave my son my daughter's crib because she had that, the big one. because. You know, for those of you with multiple kids know your first kid gets all the real good stuff. You know, we spent lots of money on her bedroom set. And my son got a $50 um, Facebook Marketplace crib. That's right. And, hey, you live and you learn, right? That thing is gone. So uh, he got the big crib threw my, kid, my daughter in the, the little bed. And that was about two months ago. And that problem has yet to be resolved because she likes her bed but she also likes to get up and run around all the time. So oh, like the,
0: in the night or during naps?
1: Um, there's, there we, yeah, we went out on weekends because now they are back at school. On the weekends, we just skip naps. It's just easier for everyone. Um, but nighttime, that's been the, uh, the biggest problem right now is it takes about an hour and a half to get her to sleep, to stay in her bed, you know, to go through all the frustrations and reading books and drinking water and stuff like that. So... And that's uh that's definitely just wearing on us because you know' at this point, it's at the point where around six o'clock, six thirty, I start getting stressed out. like, "Oh, here we go, it's happening. It yeah. sucks.
0: yeah, yeah, so did you guys have that? um like the beginning of COVID in our house was almost like a little honeymoon period, like we were we played games every night, we were fully embracing being home together, you know, the schedule was pretty lax. Did you guys kind of experience that or was it kind of chaos right from the get go? Because it was
1: such a big change. Yeah, it, it was definitely chaos. I mean, um, once, once you realize that my wife was pulling down to one day a week, um, you know, we had to figure out what she, what's, what is she going to do. Cause it's not like with everything that's happening, she could just kind of take the kids to, kid to the beach and the museum. We just had to stay in the house and in the backyard. And it just turned into, you know, doing the same thing every single day, wake up, go for a, a walk in the, the stroller around the neighborhood, you know play in the backyard until it's time to relax and it would have been it would have been more of a honeymoon. I would that little phase probably could have happened if it was, wasn't for me because I know I was extremely busy um, because while her work level her workload decreased, mine pretty much doubled in the first month of uh, quarantine. So I had less time to do more work. And somehow that happened.
0: How, how did, why did your work double? What is it about your work that made it get so busy once everybody's stuck at home?
1: Uh, well, I work in digital marketing and I, I worked for a, a, a London based firm. And within the first, maybe in at least in the States, for the first two or three weeks of, you know, it being a prevalent thing, um, a lot of uh, e-commerce companies that we worked with and spoke with were done freaking out because initially everyone, you know, Everyone that wasn't going to be spending money on advertising stopped. And then we were telling all of our other clients that, you know, the pool of traffic is getting massive. You want to hang in there. You want to double down because you're going to be able to get more traffic. And they listened and it worked. So, and that kind of bred a very a much better reputation and people saying, hey, you need to get your marketing efforts going and talk to these folks. So, uh, the word of mouth thing really spread. And within the first, I think five weeks of official, we'll call it quarantine. The team that I manage went from three or four projects to about seven or eight projects. So you literally
0: literally doubled.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was, it happened fast and we just had to, you know, get it done. And And it did. So it's amazing what you can do when you're pressured.
0: Yeah, of course. Now I've heard, I've talked to a lot of men that through this whole process and they, uh, seem to have to work through a, a totally different level of communication and strategy with their spouse. Did you guys kind of hit a wall and, and come together and fix things or, or kind of talk? walk me through how her all of a sudden being home changed the dynamics?
1: Yeah. Um, you no. Know, so during the, the work hours, it was really difficult for me to, to get work done because it seemed like, every time I left my office to do something, get go to the bathroom and go get food or something, I was tasked with helping in some fashion. And, you know, the fact that I needed to work, I had this massive amount of workload on my plate, was conflicting really big with the family side. Like, you know, let's, let's drop everything and help. Um, and, I, you know, there was a learning curve on my end. It probably took, honestly, about a week of me kind of being selfish with my work and just more or less like running to the bathroom, like, putting blinders on like nothing's happening um to me learning that it's that it's okay to you know take five or ten minutes a few times a day to hold one while you know my wife does something or she needs to take care of the other kid and stuff like that and the communication level got pretty clear and um very helpful yeah so and then obviously like once my work day like once my tasks were done for the day I made sure that, you know, there's no notifications coming in. I'm not checking my phone, but it's, it was a binary switch that when I was done, it was, I was making up for that day. Like if I, I wasn't there all day and I'm going to make up for it in the evening and night hours.
0: Yeah. I think, um, that's a really good point. Did you al- already have that system in place where you were like shutting down the work world or it had this kind of, I mean, force your hand
1: in it? Yeah, that's, that's kind of how I've always been. Um, You know, my my typical work hours are 8 to 4 o'clock or 8 to 4.30, whatever the case. And I even even tell my clients the same thing. I'm very upfront saying, hey, you know, at 4 o'clock my time, I'm offline. There's, you know, that's a a nice thing about the marketing world is there's nothing horrible that's going to happen in a few hours or uh, overnight. You know, so I tell them, hey, at 4 o'clock, I'm out. You know, you can send me messages. Um, I might check him at night, but I'll get back to you in the morning, and that's that's how it's always been for me. Because when I'm if I, when I'm talking with my family or doing that stuff, um, I'm all in.
0: So, like, you, so your kids were in daycare like five days a week before this whole thing happened. Yeah, yeah. So you you how long has your kid have your kids been in daycare? Because you have a three year old and a one year old. So was it just kind of like always you guys have kind of functioned that way since the beginning?
1: Yeah, we, uh, we started, we put my daughter in daycare. I think she was 10 months old or just about, yeah, 10 months. And, um, so it's been the same daycare. So it's been nice. Um, and then my son, he started a little earlier because it was, you know, we were both working and everything. So I think he was closer to eight or nine weeks, but it's, yeah, that's kind of the, the life they knew is, you know, several days a week, they go and play with their friends. And then we have our time together and then a couple of days a week, a special time on the weekends.
0: Right, right. Yeah. So this has been a huge change. Are they back in daycare at this point?
1: Yeah. This, uh, as the, this is probably the third week that they're back in. So it's a, a little bit, it's getting back to normal from a daily standpoint. You know, my wife's back to work full time. The kids are back at school full time. So that's, I think this week, this is Friday, we're recording this. Uh, this is the first week we're dropping them off. No one's crying.
0: So there was some big transitions back in and out of this scenario. So where do you feel like your, um, your relationship with your wife, um, where do you feel like that has improved as a, as a, as a result of kind of this forced <laughs> lockdown, if you, if you will.
1: Oh, geez. That's, a, uh, that's an awesome question. Um, I think our communication got better and our expectations of one another, Um, you know, unspoken expectations got a little bit better, you know, so it's understood that, you know, certain things. So like right now, we're kind of starting to get back into a bit of the old routine with some of the new expectations where, you know, the way things play out now is in the mornings, like we all kind of get at the same time whenever my daughter gets out of her her bed and wakes everyone up. Um, So I handle the kids in the morning, kids and the dogs, you know, get them up fed, and um, when whatnot, let my wife kind of get herself ready. Cause she goes off to work. I get to sit here and look however I want to look. Um, so she gets herself ready for work and then I take the kids. So it's my, I have the the morning shift. And then also um, being that I work at home and they, uh, the, the schedule is a little more flexible. I also pick them up. So um, yeah, it's, it's still a, a lot of it's on me, but it I, I also luck up because I'm not close to the bedroom door. So my daughter comes in, in the middle of the night she sees my wife first every single night, so I get to sleep a little better. I think that's the uh, the trade off at this point. Yeah,
0: yeah, I can imagine that. That is kind of a high tension scenario where there's a little one really kind of affecting your sleep. You know, you, you're no longer like you know feeding in the middle of the night. And you, you, was she sleeping through the night before this?
1: Oh, she was our she was our angel. She tricked us into having the second one. You know, she was sleeping through the night at three or four weeks. Wow. And yeah, and that lasted years. I mean it it was it was crazy. My son, much different, you know, didn't like sleeping too much, but now he's kinda of coming coming around to liking it. But um, you know, and it's the the nighttime thing with my daughter isn't for lack of trying, just uh, you know, she's exhausted and she it's it's fun or funny, um, seeing the, the kids have the uh, the affection for one of us and then it's the opposite. So right now if my daughter wakes up at two in the morning, comes in, and I wake up to go help her back, she then she hates me. She doesn't want anything to do with me. And uh that same sort of um polar opposites happens at bedtime too, where some nights she wants me to read all of her books, tuck her in, rub her back, and then other times it's mommy. Right. So and it's it's a guessing game. There's really no telling. It doesn't matter. You try to like, you know, I'm a very, I'm, you know, went to school for engineering. So I'm a very like logical brain and I'm trying to think like put correlations. Okay. So I gave her dinner. She's sitting with me while we're just kind of watching Disney plus. I'm definitely going to be tucking her in tonight. And then nope. There's no rhyme or reason. There's- yeah. She's a three-year-old.
0: Right. I remember going through the three, the first, my first child at three and my second child at three. And I'm like, everyone says this terrible twos thing. And I don't know about you, Josh, um, but for, for me, and it sounds like maybe for you, Brian, like that wasn't a good mark. The terrible twos really never happened. At three, a whole new level of like things emerged. And I'm like, it should be like the terrible threes. It wasn't terrible, but it was definitely like next level parenting. Is that kind of how she's been I mean you, you've talked about the the sleep thing it, has there been any other things that have changed as well as that
1: yeah I mean she's she's really smart girl and she's definitely being you know understanding more and her her vocabulary has always been quite nice but um, it's the things that she flips out about for no reason um, they're increasing and she's definitely um, a little more touchy you know with uh, now we're now we have um, we're working on sharing right you know we're trying right. to make sure that we know that she's got to share with her little brother and they'll just go rip something out of there. And, um, yeah, I'd say most of the time, you know, it's, it's tough to tell how she's going to react, but I just always kind of assume that it's not going to be taken nicely if I say, you, know, you got to give your brother's car back or whatever the case. Um, so yeah, she's definitely the, the terrible twos, not non-existent for, for my daughter and, uh, the, the three-year-old thing, three, I mean, this is, I have my, my older sister has two kids too, who are, I think, uh, you know, six and 10 or somewhere along that way. And, um, she said the same thing that three-year-olds that's the the hardest year. And just to kind of just wait, kind of end. Yeah. That's what everyone keeps saying. That's exactly
0: what we found too. But, uh, um, for us, that's, that's extended, you know, all the way to, uh, six years old. So <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, generally he's a good kid, but like when he loses his temper, it's, it's, it's big. <laughs> I think it's that they found their voice, right? They, mm-hmm. they have found their voice. They're going through a whole new developmental stage. Um, they're finding, well, this goes all the way up through middle school, finding their independence at each step. There's a new level of independence or assertion of, of will that they will um, use. So um, way to scare him, Josh. That was awesome. Yeah. That's what you got to do. You got to scare him so that when uh, you know, he gets into this and everything, he'll be like, oh, that wasn't nearly
1: as bad as Josh told me it was. Yeah. Oh, yeah, at this this point, my expectations are just fairly low.
0: Yeah, I think that's a actually, uh, someone told me this about family vacations: um, low expectations, high sense of adventure. Uh, I struggled with it a little bit because I like to have high expectations, because I, I, I want to make sure I'm enjoying the moment. But really what it comes down to is when you have kids, you just never know what's going to happen, right? So yeah. your expectations of what you're actually going to achieve in a day have to change. And I think if we could probably kind of all went into the lockdown and toddlerhood and all these things with that low expectation, high sense of adventure, we'd smile a lot more through it. So okay. how's, your, how's your one-year-old doing with the, with the transition to now a big crib? if I'm understanding how this is working.
1: Yeah. He's got the big crib and, uh, th- you know, we thought that was going to be a, an easy fix and he immediately started getting his foot up and he has, he never got out of it because, um, you know, it, it was, there was probably two nights in a row where I'm standing outside of his, um, of his bedroom door, looking at the monitor, listening to him cry. Cause we're, you know, letting him cry it out, ferberization or whatever you want to call it. Um, just stressed out of my mind thinking he's going to get out, but I have to let him figure it out. And so, he's rushing in there, and thankfully, those two nights ended in him staying in his in the crib and falling asleep. But uh, on the third night before that, I took the uh, the, the little uh, spring board out on the bottom, and now his mattress is on the floor. Oh! So in, unless he grows another four inches, he's in there. Like, he's tried. There's no way. So, so but I feel that escape, basically. Is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. He'll be out of there. You know, probably by the end of this year just, you know, I'm tall, he's going to get tall. And he's, he tries to climb in from the outside. So why wouldn't he climb in out from the inside and in, in from the outside? Right.
0: Yeah. I remember having kids at that age and, um, there was a lot of joyful, like a ton of joyful moments, like just cause they, you know, they love they, they, and they, you are their world. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, I remember that. And, and every year as my kids get older, I think it just gets better every year. Um, so, what are, what are your favorite parts of the ages that they're at at this point? What what are what are your points of joy with your children?
1: Um, I would say the the two points for my for my one and a half year old son. You know, I mean, right now, my wife and I get to take turns at night and just kind of we, we hold him, give him a bottle, and just kind of watch him kind of drift off to sleep. I absolutely love that. And like last last week or two, he's like finish his bottle and he like turn, look at me in the eyes, and smile, and it's almost impossible not to tear up now i'm tearing up a little bit just thinking about it because it's just so it just hits your emotions so hard um and for the other things for him like we don't force any sort of anything on him as far as like what he wants to do in the house but he's just like me he loves cars like we'll put all the kids toys out because they're they're a mess and he'll just run and start like flying around with cars and like, that's awesome like he's like a boy's boy um and then for my daughter. Um, you know, but not every night's bad, you know, I, I post fun stuff on social media and I've talked about the bad stuff by night, but at night, there's a lot of really fun stuff, you know, like she's starting to read books to me and my, my wife, because she sees the repetition, you know, good night, moon and llama, llama, those things she's picking up on it. So seeing the, uh, the intelligence grow exponentially is really fun for me and she's a goofball you know she really just loves like running around and smiling and playing so just consciously stepping back and watching that sort of stuff happen instead of just getting wrapped up in it um that's just definitely a high point for a a three and a half year old
0: yeah yeah well i just encourage you knowing that uh it is like those things like those moments where they are looking at you before they're falling asleep and they smile and those things are really really cool in my opinion it just continues to elevate it's just different every year so I want to switch gears a little bit and kind of discuss uh, career so you are a you're into marketing so you work for you said a london-based company um, how did you get into marketing like talk, walk us through that a little bit
1: um, sort of by accident I would say um, I, I went to school for mechanical engineering I worked in that field for you know over a decade and while I was doing that you know I had you know, my, my hobbies have always been exercise and fitness, and you know, I was, I was a fat power lifter that decided to lose a little bit of weight through, um, this was before like UFC got really, really big, but I was in, getting into jiu-jitsu and MMA, and I think, well, the only way to really do this appropriately based off of my internet research is um, to do CrossFit. So I started doing that on my own at my university, because I was still working out there. Um, so I was doing those two things, and while I was training in the uh, the martial arts studio, I was the only one who was actually doing exercise outside of there. So people were asking me for help, like, hey, how do you squat bench and deadlift? And I would, you know, every so often have people come over to my garage where I had, you know, probably $70 worth of equipment, and uh, it was really bad. And I would just teach them how to do the basic movements, and then, you know, I had a, a buddy of mine reach out um, who lived locally and said, you know, I've got some friends I can bring over too. We might be able to make this into something. And, you know, fast forward a year and a half of working out in a 300 square foot garage. And then we put put our name on the line for a new building and started building it out. And people came. People liked it. Um, So we did, uh, you know, pretty good things with social media because I knew at the time that, you know, word of mouth can only get you so far. In a town that has a lot of CrossFit gyms and you know those sorts of facilities, so I put a lot of time and effort into learning um, different aspects of marketing and social media marketing, and that's uh, that's how it started. And then um, when I decided to sell the gym and move from New York to Florida, uh, I had a had a good friend reach out and want me to do some uh, some marketing for his gym, and that's you know that word of mouth traveled, and I got to the point where I had about Thirteen or fourteen clients. They were all fitness-related sort of clients, and that's kind of how it started. Then someone else in a in another Facebook group that has a an agency reached out and said, "Hey, you know, you're got a good reputation. You want to talk?" And here we are.
0: Wow. So you you basically self-taught and started an entirely new career just by basing by doing good work and getting referrals. This is kind of what the crux of the story is.
1: Yeah. Those are, those are the bullet points. It's uh, interesting trying to teach yourself stuff. Yeah. How long did you own a gym? Uh, it ended up being just shy of five years.
0: Okay. So it was a, it was a long span. Were you doing any other work while you owned it? Or was that what your
1: main? Oh yeah. I have still a full-time mechanical engineer.
0: Okay. Okay. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot. So I think this is kind of leading to my question. Like we talked about your business at this point, what you're doing is has pretty much doubled. And before that, you had been a business owner and a full-time um, mechanical engineer. Like time management, do you have time management systems in place? Uh, have you improved those systems if you do or changed? Over oh, time? yeah,
1: sure. When I was doing the engineering and owning the gym, um, I didn't have kids. And it was just work all the time, which, you know, it. After a few years, you know, it was really difficult on my relationship with my wife because she really never got to see me. So um, I started embracing delegating. And, you know, back then I was hiring coaches and hiring cleaning staff and doing the the appropriate things as a gym owner and pulling myself away. And um, I saw how well that worked. You know, I wasn't keeping all the money, which is fine. I wasn't really doing it at that time for the money. Um, but I just saw how much time I was able to get while still, you know, growing. And I've kind of brought that into, um, my life now. I, I, I have hard start, hard starts and stops and I, I embrace delegating, you know, I trust people to to do work and, you know, I set expectations for my team and myself and my clients. And, um, I think those are really important things to be able to do. And it's tough to manage expectations of yourself and for other people, but the better and faster you can learn how to do that, the, I think the more you can do and the better quality of life you'll end up living.
0: Yeah. So has, has that morphed over time? I mean, I know you added kids and that obviously changed things, but do you change your systems or have you pretty much been
1: locked and loaded? Everything's always changing. (laughs) Right. Uh, But yeah, I mean, some things definitely still stay true. You know, I mean, like right now uh, let's just, if if we went back a year and a half when my son was born, you know, still, you know, probably Trying to do 40 hours a week of work, even though I had a lot more work, Um, it was really just, that's around the time where I started getting even better at setting expectations where, you know, like when you have your kid, like, hey, I could be gone at any moment now because I'm waiting for my kid to be born. And then when it's happening, I'm still going to be, you know, so being able to communicate effectively, you know, with your family, with your team, with your clients. To let them know that hey, I'm available for this. I'm not, and more importantly, I'm not available for this and for these times. I got quite good at that, and that's that's something, something I still have to manage on a daily basis.
0: So st- setting setting aside some very serious like boundaries and making yeah. sure communicated to everyone. Yeah, I think you you kind of mentioned that you you know early on it was it was tough on your wife or on your marriage. Did that get bad? And then like, what were the points that really kind of like where you like whoa like something's got to change because was there a point where maybe there was a conversation or something that happened kind of an aha moment
1: oh absolutely yeah i mean i don't remember the actual words in the conversation but you know i remember we were living in upstate new york and it was one of those many nights where i was i was the only coach and we coached you know had a think a five six and seven o'clock class right so class ends at eight o'clock you know chit chat clean up Getting home by about nine o'clock, my wife had worked all day, came home taking care of the dogs, and she's like that was the always thing. Like she came home, and by nine thirty, she's going to sleep. So we have thirty minutes, and it was she's probably three or four months of her being amazing and allowing that to happen. And then I know we had a, a fairly lengthy conversation about it, and that just something needed to change. And um, I mean, she called me out on it, which is great. And um, within a couple weeks, I had I had a, a coach. Um, that I trained up and I had someone to clean for me. So I was able to kind of, you know, pull back on two or three days a week. I saw the benefit, hired another coach. And, you know, that was um, my goal at that point when I saw things opening up and my life improving, um, I was more than happy to just back out as much as possible because I saw the benefit. That I was in the, it was great from the coaches that I was employing because they really loved it. So I was like, well, I'd be more happy to give you my time if this is something you guys enjoy. So I felt good spending more time with my wife, and also felt good because I was providing, um, you know, happiness to someone else in, in exchange.
0: Yeah. So I think you made a really good point. Is well, one, you were you were receptive to what your wife was saying, which is is pretty spectacular. The fact that you put some system, systems into place right away, got that taken care of. You guys still feel. Do you f- still feel that there's a, um, I mean, do you have to, do you have to reset some expectations still? Or do you feel like you, since you, uh, have put these like parameters in place around your personal time and your work time, has that pretty much fixed, uh, those types of feelings?
1: Uh, well, I mean, right now it's still a little tough because our, our family goal right now, um, and there's really, we probably should have a time frame on it, but there isn't is um, my wife works full time. We wanna get to the point where she doesn't need to work full time. And, you know, that's that's on me to to work harder, make more money and make sure that's stable so we can go back and say, hey, you know, you can drop down to three or four days a week. Mm. Um, and but then there's so that's on one hand. And on the other hand, that requires putting more time in and where where can I put that time in? You know, I mean the weekends, that's that's family time, that's a really special time where we're all together. So and then, you know there's only so much time during the day if I'm picking the kids up at school and then, you know, nighttime is time to catch them sleep. So it's a matter of finding the time to push myself forward in my business, in my career. And right now it's uh, coming up empty handed, to be honest.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You, got, you just got to work through it, huh?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. This We need another week to just appear. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No kidding. So with all of this talk about time, time management, do you have anything that you do for yourself? Like, how do you refuel yourself?
1: Um, Well, I mean, before the COVID-19, all the fun stuff in my garage is my gym. So I try to still keep myself happy and healthy and um, work out there as often as I can. You know, I used to be I was a very regimented person before, you know, I had a training program that was booked out eight weeks in advance. Now it's just Go out there and do something as often as possible. Last night, I sat on my self bike for twenty minutes and watched Parks and Rec. Um, that was fine. Um, just before this call, I had a little bit of a break. I ran to the shooting range and and did that for a few seconds. Um, so yeah, and I I try. It's a balancing act, you know. I mean, if I have time, I'll try to do something for myself. But if if there's something I can do for my family, and my clients, I usually do that first.
0: So you have a home gym. Is that something you built up since you um, sold your gym? Did you keep some stuff and or did you have to resupply and, and build out a gym that you enjoy, so you don't have to go to the gym?
1: Um, well, I do both. Um, when I when I sold my gym and I got my my payment, that was the first thing I bought because I mean I moved from Florida to New York or from New York to Florida, so I didn't bring anything. Hmm. So the first thing I'm doing is I'm buying a weight set, and I did that. So that was kind of the, the gift to myself for all that, that hard work over five years. Is some, some some deadlifting. Um, but you know, I mean, I, I really love doing that. And I think I worked out in my garage by myself for a good three and a half months and then working at home on top of that, I need to go out and see people. So I am, I am a part of a gym in the area that I, you know, pre COVID, um, definitely went out to as much as I could just to see people and, you know, function in society a little better.
0: So with your knowledge and, you know, I have a garage gym, I work out, uh, in there exclusively what what is the minimal what, what would if someone had 200 bucks to set up an at-home program what would you say they should buy
1: dumbbells just dumbbells yeah i mean whatever you can dumbbells or kettlebells i mean they're kind of interchangeable but i think they uh they give the most uh, most for options
0: awesome great i think a lot of guys dream to have a home gym or whatever or they're trying to remove as many uh, boundaries as they can, or, or obstacles as they can to get to their workout in. So I always like to know what, what you, each person, and that's, that's override overriding answer is dumbbells or kettlebells. Yeah, Josh, work. Josh, you just had a kettlebell, right? For a while. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm big on a uh, kettlebell, ab mat and a jump rope. Yep. Super simple. You can do a yeah. ton with that. I mean, you can get your, your aerobic system, um, your aerobic capacity up, obviously you can do that just by running, but that offers a lot of uh, variability. That's cool. So Brian, a few questions before we, before we sign off, what's your favorite part of being a father?
1: Oh, geez. Um, i trying to boil it down to one thing is I feel like I'm, you know, this is a, this is an obvious statement, but you know, creating a human being and like giving them the best of yourself and seeing that actually come to fruition, you know, you know, like my daughter, she's only three, but seeing that she's a goofball, like if, you know, Josh knows me pretty well, I'm a, I'm a goofball and seeing that come through to her, I'm like, yeah, she's going to be good in life. And, um, you know, my, with my son, um, you know, seeing the stuff that he's already into, just like, um, he's, he's a lot like me. My parents say that too, where like they see the things in him that they saw in me. So that's definitely, um, I'll answer that question. <laughs> okay.
0: Yeah, uh, um, and then like I-, I love to ask people what the most impactful book they read or listened to over the last year has been. And if you haven't read, that's okay.
1: But... Oh geez, yeah. Then you know that's been the my the biggest I guess pain in the butt about the lack of sleep and parenting. I used to love books, and I'm sitting here at my desk looking up at all the books that I've read, and I have not read a complete book since my son was born. I think the last complete book that I read. I'm looking at my bookshelf right now. Um, I have I've got a couple of John C. Maxwell books, you know, how successful people grow or um uh, built to sell. I think that was one I read a couple times. But um yeah, a couple books by John C. Maxwell are definitely the most recent ones I've read all the way through cover to cover, but I have four books I'm looking at you right now, um that I need to go away on a vacation to actually read. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's awesome. I think kids really slowed down my reading too. I had to come up with a plan, get real intentional about making sure I was doing what I needed to do to feed my mind. Well, awesome. Thank you so much for your time. It was really great having you on and hearing your stories about <laughs> having young kids. Honestly, it reminded me of uh, the days gone by and um, you know all those little precious things that happened. Um And the reason they happen is because the terrors are sometimes (laughs) need that balance, right?
1: Absolutely. No, I really appreciate you guys. Let me come on and and invent. And if anyone has uh, anyone can help me, let me know. I'll help you back. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Padded rooms with (laughs) one-way doors.
1: (laughs) Working on it. I'll 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 jump on Amazon tonight and see what we got.
0: (laughs) Right on. Right on. Thanks, man. Thank you for listening to the Brotherhood of Fatherhood podcast and we are thrilled that we caught your ear. If you enjoyed this episode and you have not done so yet, please hit the subscribe button. However you're listening to us, it would really help a lot. The other thing that you could do is give us a rating. And if you have not joined our Facebook group, please do so. We really really enjoy having men join that group and join in on great conversations about being a father, being a husband, the struggles, the celebrations, and um, all sorts of advice and great conversations going on in there. Some other things that are going on, uh, Josh and I are offering coaching for men, and we want to help men not be really crappy fathers. So if you feel like that you're a little shitty, pretty shitty, or totally shitty as a father, you need to reach out to us. If you feel like that you might be on your path to being a shitty father and or husband, please reach out to us. Scott at brotherhoodfatherhood.com, Josh at brotherhoodfatherhood.com, or you can just hit us up on Facebook. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you so much for listening to this today with Brian. Brian's just a cool dude. Um, and there's been some great updates since he um, put some, some things that he learned from our group into practice. And he has won the battle that he talked about with sleep and those kids. So if a great idea for you would be to jump on that group, search him up and see how he um, used what he learned from the brotherhood, applied it, and now is enjoying um, peaceful nights.